Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this beer is out of this world. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are continuing our disease-filled romp through literature with Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain. And someone's starting with a beer. This beer is called Force of Nature. I looked it up. It's a pure project brewing. Yeah, hand-brewed and canned in San Diego, California. It is a murky IPA. That's all it says. is a thing. Okay. Wait, I should have opened it first, shouldn't I? There we go. Smells nice. Tastes nice, too. I mean, it's it's an IPA, for sure. Kind of sweet. Yeah. What about no, it makes it murky? I, I uh, Well, I didn't pour it out into a glass, so <laughs> yeah, I actually hard to don't see. know. The can, <laughs> the can makes it very murky. Yes. <laughs> Peak murk. Opaque even. <laughs> anyway, it uh, it's good. It's definitely a juicy IPA. I like it. So uh, The Andromeda Strain is Michael Crichton's first book published under his own name and what really made him a big thriller seller. And it came out in 1969. He nice. had written some earlier. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he had written some earlier books that are, you know, like apparently even somehow worse than this. That are um, <laughs> like doctor thrillers because he was a medical student at the time. Did he write them under someone else's name because he wanted to get the bad ones out and then get better and use his own name later? I think he did it um, as I was just reading this on like Wikipedia or something yesterday. He, at the time, wasn't sure if he was actually going to become a doctor or not and didn't want to have that confuse his patients or be a distraction. So he wanted to separate those things. And actually, Michael Crichton, I mean, his, 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 Michael's his middle name. So he even kind of adopted a, a bit of a Weird moniker. Though, his first name is also Michael. <laughs> yeah, he's John. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> He's John Michael Crichton was his actual name. Uh, and, and he's been dead for a while now, in case you don't know. He died in 2008, but he's like the Tupac of writers, and he's put out like five books since then. Really? He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I feel like and they, and they tell you how Babiki yeah. shot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's put out a, a couple of books have come out since he croaked. All right. Well, you know, it's good to, it's good to keep busy. Yes, he's... Something like death slow you down. He's both decomposing and still composing. No? All right. Unless he was frozen. He's with Walt, Walt Disney's head. Maybe. You never know. Guys like this. I mean, he really loves science, so he might be a freezer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And this book is all about the science. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so interesting to read today. <laughs> uh, so how does it start? All right. Well, it start, it's also kind of a, like, military thriller, I guess you could say, because it starts off with, like, you know, clearly some very high-tech military operation of two guys in a van. It's bang bus. <laughs> yeah, a econo van driving into a little town. But the problem is they drive in and there's nothing. Well, I mean, there's stuff there, but there are no birds, there are no people, there are no sounds, and it's, like, very, very strange. And then they drive to the middle of the town, and there are just dead people lying in the middle of the street. Except like they for they were very one, tired. Yes, they were very, very sleepy, 
except for one old dude in a white bathrobe. Yeah, he's just wandering around, like, masturbating in public or something. Well, I guess it's not really public anymore if, if everybody's dead. And <laughs> if everybody's dead, he's the only one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally <laughs> That's cool. That's a lot, right? <laughs> and then the, the two military dudes are, like, radioing, t- radioing in to uh, Central Command or whatever the hell it's called. And they're like, it's so strange out here. Oh, my God, there's a dude walking around. And then they both die. And his cock's dun, dun, dun. out. <laughs> it's so, so wrinkly. <laughs> his balls are like three feet behind him. He's anyway. an old derelict, so they were... He, he was, wasn't wearing underwear under that bathroom. Like, that was... <laughs> Not a chance. And it's cold. And wasn't there, like, snow on the ground? Like, well, it must have been a de- sight. The desert is cold at night. Yeah, they're in, um, was it, like, some random place in uh, Arizona, right? So, then... After that, you get a... Then the science begins, which is both like... <laughs> and it never the stops. NASA, both, it's both like CIA NASA at the same time. Secret and NASA. NASA, you get this whole like backstory of NASA is putting satellites into orbit, but in order to look for space microbes... Yeah, it's the just in orbit, but it's, it's space microbes. That's what it's they're looking the for. the stupidest plan I've ever heard. <laughs> Send a satellite up. For like an hour and a half. Let, yeah, let, like for like a little bit and just like make, how there's like a little teaspoon on the end of it and just scoops and uh, scoops the... Scoop up some space. The vacuum of space. space. Yeah, the vacuum. <laughs> puts it inside itself and then crashes back. Like, how is that going to work? In the well, actually, vastness of space. Taking a little bit of time and sticking a spoon inside myself, that's actually one of my hobbies during the quarantine. <laughs> but not in the vacuum of space. Uh, the va- is it, there's, a, there's a vacuum in my space, but it's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it somehow is going to like land and then it'll open it up and be like, let's see what we got. Like it's a space well, pinata. They're, they're, they're doing it so they can find space diseases to launch at the Soviets. Yeah. And, like, this plan could possibly go wrong. Like, assuming that it's, you know, it's too dumb to work. But if it does work, <laughs> there's nothing that could go wrong there. Definitely no, cause, not. Because they're going to catch it, and they're going to use the cutting-edge technology of 1969 and wrap it in an erector set. Hole, then, punch, <laughs> hole punch computers or whatever the fuck. Yeah. The punch card punch, The punch cards. There was a lot about <laughs> the one amazing computer they had. Less that was later. Power than an <laughs> at the lab. Yeah, it was. A, it, was it had the computing power of a Furby. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, tech computer parts went back and forth between being like laughably primitive and laughably ridiculous, ridiculously advanced. The craziest ones were a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, the, the prices were really <laughs> funny. Like we spared no expense on this five-story subterranean complex. It cost three and a half million. Like, that's like a midtown apartment. Like, that's yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, we should also say that since this came out in 1969, which was the year we landed on the fucking moon, you know, NASA but he wrote and, it in probably 1968. So he yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't know well, that it, there were it was no in space the works. Bugs. Everybody knew that was the plan. All right. Everybody knew that was like going to happen within a year or so. I mean, even while he was writing it. And the space race was big. Several of the Apollo, uh, Apollo, uh, earlier Apollo missions had already gone up and come back. Uh, not the one that went there, 
was I forget which one is which, but first they just launched them into orbit. That and Gemini? then a later one, they launched them. Oh yeah, the Gemini were also the test ones for that. <clears throat> anyway, like those have been Glenn, happening right? for a while. So anyway, the whole concept of space and these new fangled satellite technology was, you know, pretty advanced at the time. And don't forget, when the first when Neil Armstrong and the other guys came back from the moon. NASA put them in quarantine for two weeks because they didn't know for sure that there weren't evil space microbes on the moon. Yeah, makes sense. So it was not nearly as far-fetched in 1969. they kept going out to the grocery store and they kept asking for toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I need these things. They told, wear your gloves, but they still (laughs) didn't, you know. Another thing that happened in 1969, which I had to look up <laughs> because it didn't make any sense at the time of this, of reading it, uh, since it's the book, it was in the 60s, and it's, you know, uh, you weren't allowed to curse back then, I guess. I don't know. Everyone kept saying weird exclamations throughout this whole book, and they kept saying Judas, like Judas. Yeah. Judas Priest. And at some point, they said Judas Priest, so I looked it up, and this was the same year Judas Priest started as a band. <laughs> and I don't know which came first. Like was that an explanation people said back then, or did people he don't realize priest? I don't know how big of a priest fan Michael Creighton was. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to mention <laughs> the them old like school the year like before they priest. came out, like a, a book he wrote, like he he missed he must have known. <laughs> he must have. I really like that closet. That was my gay biggest metal. question about this book. Judas how did priest. he know about Judas Priest? <laughs> you know what's my biggest question? What beer is next? I'll have this beer. Yeah. Uh, this is my beer for today. Uh, this is from Sloop Brewing, and it's called Turbo Speed because the space bug kills people very fast. We don't know that yet, but yes, that is we what do. it is. <laughs> that is what happens. This is a NEPA, which is kind of all Sloop does for the most part, as far as I can tell. Occasional stouts um, and sours. With flaked oats, flaked wheat, and sabro and cashmere hops, so it's very soft and it keeps you moderately warm. The flakiness sounds very dandruff-like. It's a lot of, a lot of flakes. There's debris. Actually, there's no, there's no debris in this. It's pretty good. It tastes very orangey. Sabro has that really melony flavor. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, cantaloupe kind of orange kind of thing. It's good though. It's not like as uh, sweet as some other ones can be, but it's it's nice. And this is the only one I have, so I can just take it slow the whole episode. The opposite of turbo speed, and the opposite of which this space disease kills everybody. <laughs> so after the guys die, they cut to science people. Wildfire. The, yeah. The yes, and they do the whole thing. Where they su- subtly introduce, for a second, the only female character in the book. That guy's wife? Which is the, go- the one dude's wife. Yeah, one harried wife. And she's because only women in weren't allowed to do science scene. back then. And she's like, oh, I have to do this dinner party by myself now. And he's like, don't worry, <laughs> you pretty little head. That's I'm going to go make money so you can buy a new sofa. Yeah. And that, yeah. that, was, that was the one female character. So... Well, this was the 1960s. Women weren't allowed to do science yet. Though she was also a professor at the college. Yeah, but of like, I'm sure you know, she was in home English economics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they teach sewing in college? <laughs> Basket weaving. 
But they did mention this was his fourth wife, and two of his other wives had been uh, former wives of colleagues. So this guy fucks. Maybe they're just swapping. You know, college life might be boring. It was the 60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's certainly possible. Well, I mean, he just must have swapped permanently. It's like a rent-to-own thing. <laughs> <laughs> Try it out. Keep it. Or return it. It's like uh, you know, Netflix DVDs. Like, keep it as long as you want. And then you... <laughs> <laughs> he was very uh, progressive. <laughs> uh, but then... The guy gets pulled out, and I don't even fucking know his name because there's like four scientists, and they're all yeah. the same character. Wasn't he? Was he? They a don't matter. Stone? I think he was Stone. I don't Stone. Know. Yeah. There was Hall. There was Stone Hall. Someone a W House. Wag oh. Bet Bancroft Bennett. I don't know. Mick Dreamy. There's like Mc, this, yeah. You know, all star team of scientists, except one guy because. As always, in anything before 1995, some guy had appendicitis. <laughs> like anytime there's a last minute cancellation or like someone didn't show up, like, oh, he had appendicitis. Like there was just a rash of appendicitis going on for decades for plot reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and that then was they, a plot, yeah. And then we get the whole history of this project and how they, they came up with oh, a stupid... You, you couldn't name anything in this book without getting the whole history of it. So, you know. Right. <laughs> this super secret project that cost $11,000 and they make <laughs> dozens of satellites, a desert compound that's like a Bond villain's lair. And it's just called the scoop. The scoop. And it has the greatest computer that is ever computed. <laughs> it is, it, you know, like it could. But they only had one and but people had to share it because it was the size of a house. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> but then, but the one thing that I guess kind of made sense in, in the way they explain that is people are inefficient, and we'll spend a lot of time, you know, <laughs> typing into our punch cards, and then the machine processes it in seconds. So the machine could just constantly divert its energy and attention to the various different tasks that we're asking it to do, and we won't even notice because we're so slow. So we only needed one. Hundred thousand dollar mega computer that could. I mean, I guess if we had world. read this in 1969, it wouldn't have seemed so fucking stupid. But no, it just it, kind of added to the stupidity of the rest of the book. It it's it's. I mean, we could talk about that end, I suppose. But the the plot of the book is is whatever. It's dumb too. But the technology part is what makes sci fi from this time period so terrible today. Usually. Stuff from like the, stuff from back then, if it was like super hyper advanced, it'd be like, okay, it's kind of hokey, but it's still like space travel. This is just like, this is stuff that's cutting edge right now. So it just seems stupid. Plus a floppy disk drive. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas, but if it you can look have at some, three disk drives, it's the height of luxury. Five and a quarter floppy bees. But the, if you go to the sci fi from like the 20s and the 30s, it's just like flying continents. And intergalactic <laughs> space dimensions, and then and it's all, all just silly. But this stuff's like it's almost right. Some ways they're like oh, I kind of got a detail right in there, and then it's just so dumb that that it just makes it funny as opposed to the other stuff, which is just seems you know corny. I don't know. Is it like a, you know what I mean? It just this it comes off as really dumb. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. advanced enough to be corny. It was just kind of. Uh. I really like science fiction, and I usually really like science fiction that has a lot of technical detail. I know I'm crazy, 
but I actually happen to like it when it's cool and interesting and, you know, is different. When it is. <laughs> but this was just stupid. It wasn't, like, interesting at all. Yeah. It was like every time he mentioned a new machine, he would copy-paste the Wikipedia summary from that machine's page and just puts it in. It's like, okay, now back to the story. It's like, eh. All right. Did you know, Jimmy, that Wikipedia didn't exist at that time? He invented it for this book. He had to yes, go to Encyclopedia Britannica. The computer in this book that has five floppy disks became Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a self-aware Wikipedia <laughs> in itself. <laughs> it vandalizes its own pages every once in a while. Yes. Puts it keeps denying the Armenian the... genocide. It's very strange. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then or we keep talking about the technology stuff, but the plot then is you get the, the all-star team of scientists, and like one's a biologist, and one guy's like a geologist. I don't remember what they were. They had stupid fucking... One was a... Yeah, they were like... Well, one's a medical doctor. Bacter- was a bacteriologist, uh, if that's even a oh, word. Wait, I don't know. One guy was the, was the greatest... I forget. I don't know their names because they were interchangeable, but one guy's the greatest mind ever. He was the... The lawyer slash doctor slash Nobel Prize winner. He's the he, Van Helsing. He won the Nobel Prize for like his work on aspirin or something. In, and uh, while he was a lawyer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that the wasn't that the main guy, the the first guy they see, who you know has eleven wives yeah. and every degree and fourteen PhDs. Yeah, and one very. <laughs> 14 PhD. inches of PhD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also the best surgeon who's the cockiest guy on the block because they need one douchebag on the team. That's in the rules. You have to have one douchebag. It is. It's in the charter. The and odd it, odd man theory or... Oh, man. The odd man, other guys odd man theory? hypothesis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I couldn't tell if that was a real thing or if that was something he made up for science. I think he made that up. I mean, <laughs> it was so stupid. I hope you made it up. Though it is not beyond something the military would study just to see if it worked. Oh, you yeah. Know? But probably it was totally stupid and didn't mean anything. This was the 60s when the military was sinking legitimate sums of money, enough to build several computers, into <laughs> studies of can people, you know, murder people with their mind <laughs> and shit yeah. like that. So it's. And when they were just using a fuck ton of acid. Yeah, yeah, they did that study, too. They were putting acid in everything. Well, as were most people, it was yeah. the 60s. Yeah. Uh, you know what would be good right now? A beverage. Yes, it would. Science. This is my beer for the week. Uh, it's a big boy, so I'm not just pace myself. But it also could suck. I don't know. And then I'll just pretend I'm drinking it and drink something else. This is called... Ra Ra Rasputin 2019. It is an organic, ew, barrel aged imperial stout aged in Glendora whiskey barrels. It is 10.5% alcohol and it comes from Big Spruce Brewing, which is in Nova Scotia, where I purchased this on vacation. And I was holding on to it. So it really smells strongly of the whiskey stuff, whiskey notes like. Like the barrel smell. But taste-wise, it's kind of thin and not so not so great. Much like the legend versus the man. <laughs> yes, yes. 
much like the science that exists in real life and the science that Michael Crichton describes. There is so, a serious wait, disconnect. Uh, why exactly did we put the beer on the list for today? That is a Jimmy? question you'll have to ask Jimmy, yeah. Well, when they get to the town and everybody's dead, some people didn't just die. Instead, they did whatever happened in the happening. Yeah. And they just, they just <laughs> killed the themselves happening. with whatever's nearby, including... Uh, one guy drowns himself, though he has to hold his own face down. He might as well. I don't really understand In that part. In the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had to sit there and fill it. That takes a long time. Uh, uh, one person sets himself on fire. Uh, one kid swallows airplane glue. That might have been my favorite one. I, I wanted to believe he just huffed it till he died. He just huffed all the airplane glue. Yeah, I thought he was just, he just huffed it till he was dead. Oh, okay. like a I, I thought maybe he just like glue. swallowed it. <laughs> He's just going to town. But everyone dies in elaborate ways, which is how they tried to kill Rasputin. <laughs> Tell that us is, about that, Jimmy. That is. Uh, he, they tried many times to kill him. They shot him, stabbed him, drowned him, set him on fire, poisoned, poisoned him. Yeah. Uh, and what killed him And in is the end, he just died of a hangnail. <laughs> I think what actually killed him is when they threw him in that body of water, his ginormous cock weighed him down, and it, that was what drowned him. It was too dense. It was like a black hole. Yeah, it, it pulled the water towards it. <laughs> it like changed the tides. <laughs> if you don't know, look this up. Rasputin had a reportedly enormous dong. And it's allegedly, <laughs> it's, it's allegedly preserved in a jar at the Russian Museum of Sex right now. Yeah. I mean, they found a big old dick. I don't know if it's actually his. <laughs> but the, the thing in the jar is a, is a big... It's a big wang. I don't know if it's Rasputin's. Who knows? Some very fortunate fellow at one point in his life, at least. Hopefully yeah. it was separated from him post-mortem. But it, it looks like the trunk of an elephant. It is. <laughs> he was able to scratch his own balls with it. <laughs> he was able to put it into his own ass like a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> it's an Ouroboros himself. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we chose that. Uh, and good Rasputin's life is more interesting than this, than this book. Starting from the dick up. It's really... Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, this beer is not that great. Sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> After all that. Is it strong? 10.5%, which nowadays is not as impressive. It's, especially still, still up there. Yeah, but for a barrel-aged stout, those tend to be a little bit on the bigger side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Somehow we'll make it. So they've summoned the dream team, the space jam of scientists. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> it's the A team for Andrew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they were all convicts. And these guys are just nerds. <laughs> They're just dicks. And they fly them all over immediately and they go to do science. And they give the guys, one of the douchebags, his packet. Read this confidential material. And, and every page is reproduced in the book. And they're really not interesting. This is long pages oh, of yeah. military oh, yeah. type. It's like subject line heading, important classified document, page one of 211. You're like, oh, I'm not going to read all this shit, am I? And you, you kind of do. You get a lot of it. So they're all flying and they're going to go do some science, and they land in the area of the mystery city in the desert, 
and they have on their super mega hazmat suits, and they go in. They're like, get ready. The, they get helicopter dropped in, and they're like, if anything goes wrong, be ready to nuke us. And they're like, cool, that's a good plan. <laughs> that's science. <laughs> that's basically the plan, yeah. Except and the so helicopter pilot, if something goes wrong, because they know this is like a alien space bacteria contamination, if anything goes wrong, the helicopter pilot is supposed to go kill himself. Literally, like, take your, take your helicopter, fly away a ways, and then blow yourself up. Which is a terrible plan. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you've got a communicable disease, like, stay there where the nuke is going. But they also talk about how he is in, enticed to do this. And, like, he understands this job is important, and his pa- family is getting an additional $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's getting paid overtime, and if he has to die, they get $10,000. He's, He's got a very minimal life insurance plan. <laughs> It's going to basically cover a funeral. <laughs> you can make a lot more as a private contractor than you can <laughs> in the army. But he's just so, he just cares so much about America and fucking those commies. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So then they find not only is there an old crazy man just hanging brain in the middle of the street. <laughs> Still alive with every, when everybody else is dead. But there's a baby. And they're like, oh, that fucking baby's annoying. It's, it's so annoying. I wish the disease had killed this baby. And then they're like, what can we do? What can solve the problem? How did the baby live and the old man live? And everyone else died or killed themselves elaborately. Like the one guy recorded, he like put on his World War I uniform, recorded a weird sermon, and then shot himself. Or the yeah. old lady wrote a note and then hung herself. Like it was kind of... Spooky. Elaborate. They seem to have lost their minds. Mmm. And then they take the old man who then starts like puking blood and they're like, he lived. It's cool. This is this is probably normal. <laughs> yeah, let's take him with us and the baby. Yeah. And then they're like, the baby was very upset. And it's like a two-month-old baby, and they really don't take care of that baby for the rest of the book. Look, let's just let's just poke it with, with needles and like yeah, it'll be fine. Because they're men. Women take care of babies. That's true. These are men of science, too. But later yeah. on, they find... Um, Wait, actually, that's not true. There were other female characters. They were like the secretaries at the <laughs> military base. <laughs> they're all nameless. Yes. Hot thing number two uh, has to watch the baby. But then they later on, the baby is literally strapped to a bed with an IV sticking out of its head. <laughs> and, and well, like, it's still got the soft spot for... How did the baby live? <laughs> <laughs> Let's really kill it and find bizarre. out how it lived. <laughs> we'll have to do an autopsy to know how it lived. So they take them to the secret underground base. That requires like 37 hours of decontamination for some reason. Yeah, which yeah. is what you need to do when you're uh, faced with a disease that wipes people out in minutes. This was really like 10% of the book was just describing the decam- decontamination procedures at this like underground military lab. And it was really dumb. I had, I had, a, I had a, few, a few notes for this process because it was so weird in 60s. Like when they get into the, because there's five levels and each level has more decontamination procedures they have to go through. So in the first one, and they're like, how do we get to the next one? I was like, it's right here. 
and they like push a hidden button in the wood paneling. And it's like, why is the button hidden? Everyone knows that. And what's with the wood paneling in this military base? It's like <laughs> someone's like mom's basement in the 60s. There's like shag carpeting everywhere. It's like, let's go down to level two, brah. It's so weird. The whole place is disguised to look like some sort of weird government agriculture outpost. So there's just an <laughs> acre of corn. And when you go in, there's a dude wearing like a, a Stetson hat and a string tie. He's like, howdy, want to learn about corn? And they have to go into their um, broom closet elevator. To it's go like down. the men in black entryway. Yeah. But there are no black men in this book. No, they're not. None. Alone. Science in the <laughs> 60s. And, and also <laughs> that the, uh, the last stage of the decontamination where they have to put on the magic motorcycle helmet that blocks them from the uh, super flash of light that rips off yeah. the top layer of all their skin. After it cleaned that top layer for some reason, yeah, yeah, you, just, erase just, it. you just fall, you just molt like a snake. And I said, you have to put on the helmet to protect your hair. I was like, that's, if you're going to decontaminate someone, that's stupid, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, are they, are they completely hairless from the f- eyebrows down at that point? That's what I thought. Like, I was waiting for a comment. Like, like a big weird baby. Guys, just, my taint has never been so free. <laughs> Totally bald. Every everyone in that level five thing has just got the worst wettest farts. <laughs> <laughs> Without my ass hairs, how will I ever capture the corn? They just keep sliding off the chairs. All that leather seats. Yeah, they get naked, and then the machine is. Please sit on the chair and obliterate <laughs> all of the dots where a person's supposed to fit. And they must just. I mean, they, it's it's Tucson. There's some sweaty bare ass on that leather couch like it must be warped the the, the seat area it must be horrific there's Where, a lot of science questions yeah like just bald why wasn't d- that address <laughs> i mean he gave us like 11 paragraphs on every microscope but i want to know more about this <laughs> ass blasting chair <laughs> and the machine which is no nonsense it's like a, a, an even more humorless siri like, please sit down. He's like, do I have to sit down or can I stand? And it's like, do not tolerate. Do not tolerate your impudence. Like the machine is a dick. It's like a, it's like Hal or something from Space yeah. Odyssey. Yeah, it, it is. Spread your ass cheeks, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one more beer, so I'm gonna open it now. This is called Submersion 2019 by Barrier. And it has a picture of, like, a flood on it. And actually, I thought it was a surfer, but I guess it's not. It's like a ocean waves, and then it looks like the building called Barrier Brewing is going to get smashed by a wave or something like that. Anyway, this is a double India Pale Ale, 8% alcohol. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. It actually almost tastes a little bit peachy. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's okay. Kind of just par for our experience with Barrier. They're usually a solid B. Yeah. B for Barrier. Okay, so then in the stupid book, we're still only like halfway through because they're just still cleaning ass cheeks. No, the second half is like really pretty stupid, but <laughs> we can describe it really fast. There's a, there's a theme here. Because <laughs> it's mostly just a doctor, and he's like just, they're just trying to figure out why these two people survived. 
and why everybody else died. And like, they have to instantly. find what the thing and is. That's, like, is it a space bug or who knows what it is? They have to, they have to find it because it's very well, small. They're pretty sure it's a space yes. bug. It Can I just w- one more ridiculous detail about the decontamination I remembered is then they have to provide stool samples. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, guys yeah, are totally right. naked. Good <laughs> thing I ate chili. Their body is, is sitting. <laughs> just in there like, please, on command, shit into this cup. And then they have to just sit on a couch for six hours. Again, maybe bare-assed. I don't know. After they just took this hot deuce and then it gets tested. It's like, sample was 100% feces. You are approved. Like, what is but it? also, it also when they get down point? into the level five, they have to take pills through their butt. Yeah, they do. Um, oh yeah, what was called? Uh, yeah, so they got to shove them up in there, and then they don't really mention how they're decontaminating themselves after they've shoved their fingers into their anuses. I also don't remember why they had to do that. <laughs> and it's the one thing the guy complained about. He's like, "I'll do all the other stupid things, but do I really have to do that?" <laughs> and the other guy is like, "Eh, you get used to it." It's yeah. the '60s. Just, just deal with it. It's the pill's birthday. Yeah, that's with such an unnecessary detail. Like, <laughs> I feel like uh, this book was forty to fifty percent unnecessary details. I I, I, a, I like to think that when Crichton was writing this as a young med student, he was let me make it really accurate. How would they decontaminate everything? And like, they can't just use a nail brush; they have to also sodomize people with pills. That's <laughs> how, that's how medicine works. That's how advanced they are. All right, so. Anyway, so the it's basically uh, takes the perspective of the doctors in the lab, just like working feverishly, pun intended, trying to figure out why the old dude and the baby survived. And they go through a long series of maybe it was this, maybe it was that, maybe it was this thing, till finally they realize that the old dude had taken a lot of aspirin. Like, and he's like, been that was drinking six bottles of aspirin. He's been drinking Sterno. <laughs> he's been drinking. Yeah, what isn't Sterno the stuff that you light on fire under yeah. buffet trays? Yes. Like what is Chafing it? Chafing gel. It's like fucking. Uh, it's like lighter fluid. Lighter fluid. <laughs> Why would you drink it? Because it soothed his ulcer <laughs> or something. How did he? Right? How did he find that out? I don't know, but he had. There was a street <laughs> name for it. I forget what they called it. It was like smooth. Oh, or squeeze. Like, squeeze. <laughs> Been drinking some squeeze. <laughs> Suck your dick for squeeze. And but then I was like, so weird. You would think this would make them very acidotic or something like that. Like they, they, for some reason didn't use the word acidic. Acidosis. Like, like acidolotic. They were a bunch it's, of like, dumb probably words. like doctor ver, doctor words versus human people words. Absolutely. And but the baby, but the pH level of the baby's too low. And and they just kept going back and forth. And every um Every chapter at this point would end the same way. Did you notice that? Where it was like, and he then realized that he needed to go, you know, shit in a cup again. And then the next sentence would be, it would be four hours till he realized the mistake. And then the next chapter ends like, he had to go check that child again. He had realized something. It would be another two days till they learned what he really learned. Yeah, the whole thing is just them fucking up over and over again. (laughs) Which is my, you know, criticism of something like this, this plot that's been used a thousand times is, you know, like super secret elite crew of scientists. Like you have this thing that's going to end the world. Why do you only put five guys on it? Yeah. And, and then there was even a point where like, wow, we didn't think of putting one of those scientists Because if here. the secret gets out, like exactly, if it's going to end the world, 
if the secret gets out, what does it matter? Yeah, right? but like you think you like would put everybody 20, on the problem. Get twenty. <laughs> but like every guy in this thing was like so hyper specialized. It's like, oh, I'm good with bacteria that start with A through G, but this one <laughs> seems to start with H through J. I didn't specialize in that. I wish I did. It's like, well, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? What, what what's the point of this? Yeah, that's that is really dumb. <laughs> But they do point out at one point, like, we didn't include a, one of these guys. Oh, yeah. everyone's, everyone's shitting on the surgeon. It's like, we should have had a, like a, an epidemiologist or something. So we got a surgeon. Ugh. <laughs> but he's the odd man who's ready to, you know, what they explain to him is, it's your job to nuke us all. Or, or not. not nuke us all. Through uh, Indiana it, Jones-like series of challenges. First, we should just explain what that is, because yeah, yeah. so as it's in the middle of the book, it explains that one of the la- the last security procedure of the underground lab is that if something goes wrong, there's a nuclear bomb under the lab that they could set off in case just in 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 case you know the bugs are going to get out, they could just go set it off and kill themselves and presumably all the bugs, and that it requires two people's keys, except the final decision is left to one guy. This was the odd man hypothesis. And because he's single, he makes better decisions. Well, they, they went through the things they found, you know, they had at first married men, unmarried men, married women, unmarried women. Like who made the best decision based on some the computer most, like, model? Logical, rational and then, decision. And of course it was unmarried men were by far the best. And then within that, they looked at different, uh, careers in levels of education and they found like engineers unmarried male engineers or something like that scientists were were the most logical right and then probably because you know unmarried male scientists that guy's definitely got nothing to live for (laughs) (laughs) it's like he'll nuke us whatever fuck it it's like yeah i'm good you can get rid of my student debt i've never seen a booby (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah and so that was the odd man hypothesis. And everyone's just like, oh, okay, of course, yeah, fine. Yeah, we're scientists. We understand that. that we science. won't mention this again until the last three pages of the book when, you know, it's going to matter. For some reason, the I forget exactly why, but the, the three-minute countdown gets activated, right, uh, to set it off. Well, because there's a containment breach. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it eats through plastic. Eventually. Eventually. At first, it just it makes, learns. So we should talk about what it does to the people, right? Because they're so mysterious. They open up the... This is some more great science they did, by the way. They, they, they do a like field autopsy of a dead person, and they find that all of their blood is just clotted. It doesn't drain. The blood is all gelatinized within their body, which is really weird. But this, it's they, like it turned itself to jelly in an instant, instant and that's how people died. But they're doing this like in the middle of the street. These are like yeah. they have this science lab, and they're like, "Let's just cut open that dead guy. Let's see what's in there." And right then they're like, "All right, yeah, that's weird blood jelly." And then they just walk away. <laughs> Do cut open another person? Like, yeah, that guy's also blood jelly. It's like pudding. And then they just leave it. Like that was an acceptable level of science somehow. They're studying space microbes, and they're cutting open dead people on a sidewalk. Like, forget about sterile conditions. Well, got they, some, they just had they got all, some spares that they can bring back. They had all of their dermis scorched so they could sit on a leather chair, but other guys can just 
and I'll just cut open that dead lady on the street. That's also fine. We're not worried about contaminating our subject. It was really dumb. So anyway, there's a containment breach, and though, and so the automatic like three minute countdown timer of the nuclear bomb starts, and then the uh, one of the scientists who's in a hazmat suit at this point has to like basically Indiana Jones his way. He has to Indiana Jones's way through a tunnel with like poison darts being shot There's, at him. Yeah, it's like why does it rely? It's a they have a nuke going off. It's like we'll just we'll shoot darts at him with robots if he tries to get near the thing. Like it was in case one of their rhesus monkeys escaped. <laughs> <That's> why. <laughs> Actually, that was why. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so stupid. Also, one of the tests they did was to see which creatures they could kill with the pathogen. Wait. The answer was everything. <laughs> but they have just an infinite supply of rats, apparently. <laughs> There's like, let's put a rat in that cage. Oh, it died. Okay. Second rat, please. Ah, <laughs> that also died. New experiment. Two rats. Like, that, that was the science thing. And then they're like, let's try a monkey. <laughs> and they just like, it killed a monkey. But wait, what if I put the dead rat in the monkey? Like, that was, that was their like level of... <laughs> This is like it was like a fourth grade science fair experiment. <laughs> there was a lot of science techno babble throughout it, so it made it seem like real, but it was still like okay, sure. And then they have they have to find the bug with their progressively more intense microscopes, which he had to talk about the name and history of each time he had a new microscope. But I don't know when the electron microscope was invented, but I'm sure it was a very impressive, cool thing in 1969. Probably right around then. (laughs) (laughs) Judas Priest actually formed after working on the electron microscope. It's equally possible. (laughs) Uh, We also, they didn't mention that there was a random pilot who just dies. He flies over the town, and then his plane crashes because he's like, all the rubber's melting, and then he dies. Well, he's uh, he's supposed to go nuke the town because they want to con- they don't want to contaminate any right. people around it. But then the science guys are like, "Oh no, nuclear that would make it worse." Nuclear they don't realize that stuff. till the very end. Yeah, at the very end. But then they realize that their like magic dinging dumbwaiter fax machine thing, <laughs> like the hammer broke, so they haven't getting any, haven't been getting any messages for like six days, and it's like, well, that's stupid. Yeah, they've just been taking caffeine pills and fucking caffeine suppositories. And then, like, they're basically like Nazi scientists at this point. They're just tweaking, yeah. trying to like develop the superbug. And then, um, then they also found out that there was a random sheriff who drove through the town and then went crazy hours later in a diner and shot a bunch of people and himself. And they're like, this is related. And then they realized that the bug which they also have seen under the microscope, and it's like a cute little hexagon thing that doesn't have a nucleus. Like, what is this? It has it, no proteins, and it has no nucleus. And it's the shape of a... Uh, like a honeycomb thing, a hexagon, right? Hexagon. Yep. But it's like, it has like a half-life, basically. Like it, it kind of evolves after a few minutes and becomes less harmful to people, and then it just eats plastic. So yeah. it would be great for the environment. Once it kills everybody, it'll help. So, so sort of like the ending of the thing is that the scientists didn't have to do anything. The space microbes evolved themselves to be harmless over the course of the like week that the book takes place. 
<laughs> or like day and a half. So, so here, there are a lot of problems with this. Though, what you notice an interesting... <laughs> so, first of all, the characters, nothing the characters did mattered. Because the problem of the book resolved itself without anything. Well, the one thing that matters is that they, they find out that the uh, space bug can only live in a certain pH range, and it could live on like any culture, any top, anything, but uh, it feeds off of matter or something stupid like that. So if they were to nuke it, it would make it like explode in population. So that's so by the, not that's why it's so important that the guy, while he's getting Temple of Dooms, doesn't let the place get <laughs> nuked it's like because a giant then it would rolling ball behind him. Yeah, <laughs> it's and like way put the car and idle. And to like the, the oh equal weight. <laughs> God, and and at the end he's just like I hate snakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, short long. What are you doing? But like, <laughs> the main conflict of the entire thing resolved itself on its own, and nothing the characters did really mattered. So like that was dumb. Though uh, another thing is that did you notice that the thing that the bugs did is the exact opposite of what happened in War of the Worlds? In in War of the Worlds, if we haven't read it yet, but we're going to very soon. You know, the space aliens come down to Earth. And then the Earth microbes, at the very end, the, the space aliens just die because they get all the human diseases. They, like, get coronavirus and die. You know, that's how humans defeat it, and they didn't do anything. Whereas in this, the opposite happens. The space bugs evolve so that they don't hurt anybody. Boom, they're mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, the sequel. There is a sequel to this. Which there I don't want to read. It was it was written by someone else in 2012 oh, okay. or 13. The Andromeda make Evolution. A sequel to this, just make a make a fucking book about a different space disease. Good question. Um, maybe they really were interested in that butt laser technology. <laughs> it, <laughs> the, it'll yeah, eliminate all dead couch. skin and dingleberries. <laughs> this will revolutionize the Brazilian waxing industry. The machine that could also put band aids on people. <laughs> <laughs> another ridiculous thing the computer could do. And then it ends with like a like a congressional hearing or something, right? Like guys are being interviewed and they're like, "Will this push back our Mars launch date?" Oh, and they like they like play it off as they lie about it and say something else like, "Oh, they launched into space and it burned up in the atmosphere." Oh no. Oh well. Though I'd say the big disappointment in this entire book was that the book. No one throughout the entire book said, "What's the scoop?" <laughs> Also, like, why, where do they come up with the name Andromeda Strain that just like randomly appears? Uh, because the Andromeda Galaxy is a different one, and that's where every space disease comes from that's orbiting right next to Earth. Because <laughs> the, the fucking the satellite just goes like not very far away. No, it's just in regular low Earth orbit, which is low. Yeah, I, I guess there's some scientific like validity the idea that there could be bacteria in the atmosphere that well, they had that whole thing about like if people like send stuff up and it got stuck there and it evolved differently and then came back down would it kill us but this one was just from space and i guess <laughs> i don't know it just felt really yeah most of the pages you end up just saying i guess i could believe that if i was a child in 1969 <laughs> <laughs> but reading it now it was really it was quite painful at points. Stupid. 
He's not a very good writer. He's a he's a cool. I mean, ideas. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is just a way better book. It's a way better book, but I mean, it's also like a cooler idea. But also, the movie was infinitely better than the book because he's just not a good writer. He's got cool stuff. It's kind of like Stephen King. Uh, like yeah. Stephen King has cool ideas, and then you read him, and you're like, oh, that also could have happened. Or and, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, like they're cool ideas, poorly executed. Yeah, I feel like that Michael Crichton do. Yeah, Michael Crichton just leans too heavily into, look at how many things I know. I'm very smart. Well, that's his shtick, or was yeah. his shtick, right? I'm, I do, it's, a, it's very real science. It's like hard science fiction, but not in the future. So I'd say it's firm. It's, it's firm. It's certainly not, not flaccid. Not quite hard science, but it's, it's firm it's like science. A chub. It's kind of like a half a, a, half a yeah. chub. Yeah. Should anyone read it today? No. This one? No. Not worth it. It's way no. too dated and wasn't actually that good to begin with. It was just very timely and topical when it came out. And it has, was popular. They made a, a couple of movie versions of it or miniseries versions of it. Yeah, they made a few. It's been adapted a few times. But they won't anymore because it's dumb. Hopefully. He's got better stuff. Like, uh, he makes some good stuff. This is not one of them. Yeah, I'd say Jurassic Park for sure. Just read that and then don't read the yeah. last like two chapters where they go and count eggshells. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop there. And it's they're like, you got to go count the eggs, but no, it's far, over. Mike. Yeah, well, it's also like Stephen King, you know, where there's... You know, Stephen King ends the book, and you're like, huh, there's another 48 pages. What could this be? 48 chapters. Some, yeah, I can't wait to read The Stand. Ugh. Hmm. How you guys well, doing with quarantine? My life is mostly unchanged. It's been okay. It's been all right. I haven't left my house in about seven days now. It's weird. <laughs> like the property. I've been outside, but... I've gone to the grocery porch. store and shit, and Rite Aid, but... Nothing much. And the beer, the beer store. That's an essential business yeah, in New York you, City. Uh, risk, you risk your life to go to that beer store, Jimmy. We must suffer for our art. We must. A lot of breweries are starting to do delivery, so keep your eyes peeled. Or someone could bring the disease to you. So what I, well, my system has been, because we, we get a lot of shit delivered, and my wife is pretty paranoid about this, is we put, like any delivery thing, just gets put in our garage for two days, and we just don't touch it. <laughs> It's like, it's in quarantine, within the quarantine. And then, like, if I, whatever I touched it with has to get washed right away. Because most of the stuff is not, you know, perishable. It has to be refrigerated. Don't touch it with your penis. You can't get coronavirus in your penis. You don't know that. Though New York City did warn, did issue something about, like, sexually transmitting coronavirus. And it specifically mentions rimming. So, you never know. <laughs> That's where the most matter is. It's like, don't be careful with rimming, guys. We're not judging. We're just saying, you know, don't be a poopoo head. You get coronavirus. Well, I'm looking forward to reading some more disease-themed books with you remotely. Uh, in the meantime, well, I guess people should tell us what they thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And also we have a Patreon. You know, and during these hard times, you could help support the podcast with money that you're not earning from that job you don't get to go to right now yeah we'd appreciate it if you could buy us a beer or you know pay your rent too i guess it's a big deal but if you don't want to do that just leave us five stars on a review only five stars don't leave us any less one for each member of the space team that solved the andromeda issue 
minus a star with appendicitis. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.